Welcome back to the Get Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Credit, alongside me, as always, is Grant. Grant, welcome back to the show. What do we got in store for us today? Well, it's good to be back, Josh. Uh, we are revisiting our goals. We In January, I think we laid out an episode about what our 2021 goals were, how to obtain them, our path to get there, and just how they're going to evolve over time. And I think we're going to revisit that going into quarter two. Uh, yeah, about we're about you know, a little of a third way through quarter two and uh, where we are. We just want to check in, audit ourselves. Uh, we were on tape. We recorded it. We told you what they were. Now we want to revisit those and make sure that we're on path. And uh, I'm excited to talk about it. And do you have anything to say before we dive into where we were with our goals? I do. I want to challenge us to, uh, we kind of know our goals. Um, mm-hmm. I want to, uh, going to go through just high level, you know, chip away, but before we dive too big into this, if you had to grade yourself, I'm going to grade myself. We should grade ourselves and say, we're looking at our goals. How would you grade it? And I want to do this for the listeners, uh, for the, for the fans out there to say, to show them like, it's not all about like hitting every single one of these. It's too hard. Um, yeah. and also like we're human beings too. And life gets in the way a lot of the times and then it, it requires you. I'm glad you, you proposed us to do this. Uh, this is exciting because asking me to look at myself and said, huh, I got a lot of shit on here that I haven't done. <laughs> so <laughs> so are you looking at a numerical evaluation or an alphabetical? What are you thinking? Old grade school. I'll just start. I'm going to give myself a solid C. Not a C plus, not a C minus, just a good old fashioned C, which I was very good at getting those in high school and in college. So that's probably about right where I belong. That's a good, that's what, uh, that's what most of our law enforcement, that's what they average. So I think you told me that. So you could be a cop. I mean, with that, you could be a cop. That's not bad. Physically Dude, do, you know I'm, do, do you know why I'm pulling you over? Yeah, you got all C's in high school. <laughs> all the people I know who are in law enforcement, no, dis- no disrespect, but most of them were, yeah, that, that mantra um you give yourself a c you know i feel like i need to i need to be harder on myself but i really wanted to live with, live with a b minus uh in part i feel like the b is is representative because there's a lot of things trending towards an a if as long as i stay on path and i've achieved a handful of things that i did them pretty quickly um and faster than i thought so i think a b minus is fair today hopefully that graduates to a b b plus by by August. And then as I'm trying to coming down the back nine, uh, you know, of, of our calendar year, I'm getting into an A and I get all of my, I'm not going to achieve all of them, but I'm going to try to achieve at least 90% of them. Yeah. And, and I think it's very reasonable and you're probably doing a much better job than, than I am. But when we go through these, like I'm going to start, um, let's just go through the health. We both had health goals. Um, I look at this and so what was your goal? I see. I didn't have really. Remember, we went. I went more like macro. Like that's true. You know, like when I'm when I'm 40, I want to be like 205 to 210. Well, right now I'm smack dab in the middle of that. But some of my goals this year specifically was to do some strength training. I am definitely a lot stronger. I could probably do almost 50 push-ups straight. I've never been able to do that in my life. Should that's I do them right now for the pod? No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Maybe yes. I, <laughs> just start pumping them out. That's I already rhetorical. worked out that's today. A, so, that's a rhetorical yeah. question. You have to do it. <laughs> um, but then, you know, I started looking at these other things and I'm like, okay, consistency. I haven't been working out five times a week. I've been going harder for shorter amounts of time and for less. So, you know, I've been doing like two to three days a week, sometimes four days. Um, so definitely not as consistent as I would like to be, but I'm seeing good results. And then the other one is like to do like an endurance challenge. 
I'm not in the, I'm not, I'm nowhere near where I need to be for an endurance challenge. Like I know Grant, you can walk up, you can wake up and do a 5k tomorrow morning. Me, that's going to be a little painful for your boy. Yeah. I right, listen, you're a little, you're taller, you're heavier. I get it. Your knees, you probably have had surgery somewhere on the lines. So, uh, it's natural that you're going to, you're going to tremble first. Yeah, so now flipping it back over to you, we'll, we'll, <laughs> I, I probably will. They're definitely going to be in pain. So what, what were your health goals? And so, like, okay, I guess let me grade myself. So I say strength training, I get it. I'm not necessarily, so A plus there. Consistency, um, like a, you know, like a B, maybe C plus. Endurance challenge, getting to just a, a flat out F there. So there's my kind of three core health goals for the year. Like, now I'm going to kick it back over to you. So walk me through yours. So I had I had walk around at 195 pounds. That's a pretty slim version of me. Where I'm at, anywhere, 202 to 207 is where I live. Just depends on the time of the week. My wife's birthday was recent, so I'm a little on the heavier side. Uh, it's just a product of me splurging on you know the nicer things, oysters and a lot of alcohol and yada yada yada. Right, it's just compounding into just more weight across my belly. So what I wanted Good to do in life, yeah. But I will say I'm pretty. I practice what I preach. I, I, I've been going. So what happened was I was running four times a week and I was running about five, I was running about a 5k. So for lunch, I'd just throw some clothes on. I basically run, I have this, this route around me that I'd run and it'd take me about 20, 25 minutes every time. And I just listened to an audio book and it was great. And it was just a good exercise. So one day, and all I thought about is I want to continue to play basketball. So one day I'm running and next thing I know, this like pickup truck. Like you just think you're in the middle of the country and this pickup truck tries, like runs you off the road. You think, you know, this guy's got guns. He's a heck. I don't know what he's capable of. Flying all backwards hat, the whole nine yards. And he he looks at me and he's like, hey, remember, play, I played basketball with you at some point in the near future in a league a little while back for the pandemic. He's like, me and a bunch of guys, we play at 530 in the morning at the stake center, basically across the street. Are you interested in playing? I was like, oh my God. At first I was like, this guy's going to run me down. I have no idea. I don't want to deal with this guy. Next thing I know, I'm now playing basketball Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 530 in the morning. So I somehow got basketball into my life by running four times a week. That four times a week transitioned into something that I actually wanted to do. So now I run like once a week and I play basketball three times a week, which is another version of running, but a more favorable version. So that started. Then I started intermittent fasting. I don't know. I wouldn't call it intermittent fasting. I just think Monday through Thursday, I just wake up, I drink some coffee. Uh, you take your number two, like everyone else does in the world. And uh, you don't really have to feed yourself any fuel throughout the day. Sometimes I'll have a snack, but more or less I can make it till about four o'clock and then I'll have dinner and, I, and I'm pretty happy at that level. I've routinely put my body through that experience and now I'm ready for it. But a byproduct of like doing the running and intermittent fasting is like, there's some things that are also benefit. Like I don't drink as much alcohol and I'm not anti-alcohol. I love alcohol, but a byproduct is like, you're super busy now. You're kind of intermittent fasting. You're watching your calorie intake. Uh, you're, you just, you're more active. You're, you have a lot of things going on. You just don't think about that social setting as much. So I don't have as much social time. And usually that's where I drink alcohol. So that's a good byproduct. So I'd say overall, I've given myself about a B. Uh, but there's, there's some bad that came with it. I rolled my ankle the other week and bro, I'll tell you, that is the quickest way. That's the biggest barrier to reentry. And when everyone's, the moment you get hurt, you're like, I'm, ah, I quit. I'm just going to go back to Netflix. I'm out. I mean, I'm done. you roll an ankle and you just, you just want to quit life. You're like, I don't even want to get up in the morning. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's great. Yeah. That's the one bad thing about playing basketball. I still play. I fucked up my thumb. I was uh, playing, you know, once yeah. Saturday, like to the point where I, I had to wipe left-handed for like a month now. I'm like, this is, 
awful. So yeah, you should get a bidet. Yeah. You don't even have to wipe anymore. You got to dry it off. You know, I do have a bidet. Like, who do you think I am? Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> um, but you make a lot of good points. Um, specifically, like you never know if you try to achieve things and you put yourself like you're just doing things instead of just being sitting at home with Netflix. Good things don't happen to you. You're out running, and then all of a sudden, this guy's like, "Hey, you want to play basketball?" That's like kind of what life is. Like you're literally you're putting yourself in opportunities like to to get lucky, and you know that's you got to get ready. That's what we're whole, we're all about, and that's a perfect example of what we're trying to do. So. Sounds like health is solid. Don't worry about your alcohol intake. I have picked up the slack for you. I've completely, one of my health goals is to drink as much as I want and still be as healthy as I am. That's a great, that's an American dream out there. Everyone's like, if I can drink a 24 pack for dinner every night and still look like this, I will sign that up. Yep. We don't drink beer. We don't drink beer. Yeah, I don't drink beer. <laughs> beer. Um, so part of health that I want to chat about, and I, I've created a couple of these, is just like take care of yourself. Like go see the doctor. I, uh, I started doing that more. It's just my healthcare is great. So I was like, I gotta go see a doctor more, more. And like, you wouldn't believe how awesome healthcare is. And when you have it, you don't realize it. And we were laughing before the show. It's like a fringe benefit for me because for me, because I'm super healthy. So I don't often use it, but I'm married with kids. So they, they use it more than I do, but you know, trying to take care of a phlegm problem. That's what I had walking, walking into it. I'm, I'm doing better with that. Uh, and then next thing you know, like, you randomly get reminded that you're not in charge. Like I, for some reason I was getting really stressed lately, not lately. It's calmed down. And I just like grew a cyst on my neck and these guys are like, Hey, you're just too stressed. What's going on? I was like, I don't know. I'm just trying to carry the world. You know, I, I got called Russell Westbrook and LeBron James. I didn't know how to take that. So, uh, I knew what he meant. <laughs> so, uh, that, those are some things, but I went and got a physical and that, this was the crazy thing that I wanted to tell you is, I got a physical and 90% of the time, the guy was asking me mental questions. It was all about like depression, anxiety. Like we were just sitting there and I had to stop him. Like, Hey, listen, doctor, I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job, but literally the title of this is physical. And you're talking to me about my mental state. Like, I feel like that's a different appointment. Although that's, <laughs> that's where healthcare's evolved to now is like the majority of it is just all based on the mental aspect. Like, and I can see it. A lot of people just are not a good place and, the physical aspect is what you see, but the mental is worse. So did you take on any healthcare or any health goals to that matter? Uh, Doctor, you know, do your root canal, anything? No, I, you, you just, you're calling me out here. I need to, I got a couple of things I need to go see the doctor about. And I'm just like lazy, you know, we just kind of like tough through it. And we're like, yeah, whatever, it'll go away. You know, I have heartburn. That's a problem. I probably need to get that looked at. You know, if I, from 30 and I have heartburn, you know, four times a week, it's probably not a good thing. So there's something that you can go get looked at. So I'm going to make it a point to go to the doctor. And like you said, like physical versus like, I understand mental you know, health is definitely a big issue in our society, but let's be honest. Most of us are dying because of physical things and physical ailments yeah. because uh, of cancer and heart, heart disease and, you know, diabetes and a lot of these things that can be treated. So let's make sure and luckily you and I are in very good shape. And, uh, and I'll be honest, like I probably do need to see someone mental from time to time, you know, just oh, like yeah. I think Colin Cowherd, a guy, he's like, you yeah. know, sometimes you just need to get in there. You got to just clean it out. You just got to go in there. You got to clean out the, you know, all, all the it. mess that's inside. And uh, so I don't want to discount that. I think that stuff's incredibly important. Um, but yeah, ultimately we need the, uh, it's a computer smashed to bits. It doesn't matter how good the RAM is. Like you need the computer <laughs> to be in good shape um, and then to be able to run the processing and to run the software. So let's take care of our hardware first and then we'll fix our software later. So I, I got to get, get to the shop. 
Yeah, admittedly, I had COVID this year, and I lost my sense of smell for like three months. It was great. I could see further. All my other senses got heightened. So I'd, rec- I'd recommend if you're going to lose a sense, smell is the first one to lose. You, you don't need it. You don't need that. My uh, experience with COVID is I didn't realize I lost my smell until I like just just ripped one in the bedroom, and like my wife's like, "Did you just fart?" And I was like, "Oh my god, I lost my smell." <laughs> so, all right. uh, what so a casualty! Any, uh, yeah. So ne- next things that I had, what were some of the next goal and uh, items that you had on the list? Because I, I have my own list, and I could take I can take rain from here. But where were you going? We can go to personal, and then we can kind of land on investment yeah. and other stuff. Um, but personal goals. Uh, do you have any right now you want to chat about? You want to lead this? Uh, my personal development. So I did have a family goal. So I'll put that under there. And it's date nights with my wife. And, you know, we had a, an episode in Q1 where I missed the date night. You know, I tried, oh, I told her I was just trying to do too much. You know, uh, same thing we talked about kind of uh, before the pod started. When you're trying to do your day job, you're trying to do two or three, four other side hustles. Um you know, sometimes you got to be called called out. And my wife said, "Hey, this is my contract with you." You know, in a, in a lack of a better term, uh, you can do all these things, and I want you to do all these things, but we still need this. Has got to be a priority. And since then, I haven't missed one. And you know, I that's why you need a teammate. You know, especially like my wife, she calls me out. She gives me the leeway to understand. Hey, I'm going to be upset. Like I understand that you're just going to have to deal with it and that that's going to be life, but you miss something that's important to me and it's important to you and something that we need. Um, but right now you're, you're doing too much. So you need to make sure you got your priorities clear. And it's not the same night every night, but you know, on a, on, you know, on a Sunday we look at, Hey, where will date night fit into the, the week? And then said, all right, it's gotta go Tuesday night. Or it's gotta go Wednesday or it's gotta go this night. And, and we, we move it around, but that was something that's really important for, for my wife and I. That's wildly important. I'm glad that you, I feel like myself, we have wives that uh, are our equals. Like they can, they can check you. Like they, they can say and do things to you and you'll listen, you know, like you get a text or a phone call from your wife. You'll answer that. There's not a lot of, phone, there's a lot of phone calls. I'm like, eh, we'll get to it. You know, I'll, I'll leave a message. Yeah. But when the wife yeah. calls, you're like, mm, I got to answer this one. So uh, it's good to have someone who will keep you in line. You need that. Like it's good for men and women. I mean, it's just good to have a partner who, you trust them, but hopefully it's vice versa. Hopefully you're not just dominating them because then that's probably not where you want to live. Mm. So congrats. I'm glad you have date night. I don't have yeah. date night. I have kids. So it's like, we we just find a way to get my mother-in-law to watch my kids and then me and my wife will just venture off and I don't know. We just, it's, it's very yeah. ad hoc. So um, I would say personal development. Uh, one of the big one was uh, us. It was like reading. T- I wanted to read 12 books and, you know, on average, that's a book a month. And we're definitely down that path. Uh, we've read three already going into the fourth book. Pretty excited to talk about it. Uh, but I've actually read five this year so far, three for this podcast and two on my own. And one of them was just like a hybrid of a book we already read, The Invisible Influence. This wasn't another version of that. It's Jonah Berger, same author. And one was uh, just more of like a, a Marcus Aurelius book, just just interested to see some more just psychological stuff. I, I've started to realize that I love business books, but I have to sprinkle in something else, something that's, you know, the book that you recommended this month is perfect for me because it's not really business. It's just psychedelics and just how they, how they, how to change your mind and a, a different approach to life. And you just need some change up. I can't just go hundred percent, you know, business and self-help all the time. So 12 books, I'm five in. Uh, it is what April, so four months in, and I had a schedule. Uh, I listened to a ton of podcasts, some that you've given to me, uh, some other people have given to me. 
Uh, I've started to write a lot of things down. Personal development for me is like, I'm a, I'm a guy who makes lists. I make lists all the time. And you get that dopamine when you like scratch one of your things off on the list. So uh, that's one thing I've started doing is anytime I'm in a state with people that are smarter than me or I'm just like having conversation that is valuable to me and not just banter, uh, sometimes I'll think about it and I'll just write it in my phone right away. And uh, that's how I, that's actually something I picked up from, who's the guy that runs Virgin Mobile? Richard Branson. In his, in his book, he talked about how he was successful was essentially because he always had a notebook on him and he was carrying it everywhere he went because he just met fascinating people. And it was just, it was like his secret to success. Um, it's helpful. I would recommend you do that. So I started writing everything down. I got, I got a routine and I tried to figure out in 24 hours, all right, I'm going to sleep this much. It's probably going to be 11 to 530 is pretty much where I'm going to live moving forward. Maybe get a little more sleep on the weekends. But Every time I start to build something into my schedule, like there's routine things I do every day and, and they're nuanced too. It could be something where I wake up and I spin the fold wheel cause it's free and I make, you know, 200 sats. And then I go to Wally and I open my chest for another 200 sats. And like I've integrated those into my day where you're just making free money every day. I know it doesn't sound like anything, but over a year it's like, dude, you just made $150 in Bitcoin. And all you did was wake up and you're already on your phone eight hours a day. Why don't you just swipe that thing light and just do it every day once. So I've added that into it. I started playing basketball. Uh, I've really built out a schedule for it. Everything's almost blocked up. So I'm pretty much tapped out. So from five to eight, five to nine, I'm with the family. So it's getting there. But uh, a huge personal development goal that I'm still getting into is like, just be more available for your friends. Like I just, I recently caught myself describing the word success. I, I described it to, I was in a job interview and this is how I described it. And I firmly believe it was like, success is really just how well your circle is doing. Like, you can't really audit yourself, but you can audit the four friends around you, friends, coworkers, family, you can audit them and you're the median average of that. So if they're in a good place, that means, I mean, you're at the center of that. That means you're there too. If they're not, that means you're not doing that well. So that's how I viewed it. It's like, you can't really ever audit yourself, but you can audit people around you and they can do the same and then use the average of that. So if it's elevated then you're probably doing okay. So that's where I'm at personal development. I don't know what the grade would be. What would you think objectively? I mean, you sound like you're right where you want to be, you know, Q1, you listen to the books, you kind of achieved and you kind of set up a, uh, a very schedule. Um, and that is so important for people um, is to have those kind of time frames blocked out um, and to kind of carry on that topic specifically is like, even think about your work. Most people create lists and I know you talking about lists, but I bet you you block off the time to achieve those, like to knock those things out. You're like, oh, I got to do this, this, and this. I'm going to put that on the schedule here, here, and here. That's like the next level. That's like the pin. That's like the ultimate, like, like banging things out and being efficient because that's what like the super high. They don't make lists. They just put it on there, or they they make a list, but then they put everything in their calendar. And I can tell you from my past, I used to do that a lot, and it makes you way more efficient. Mm -hmm. um, so I think what you're doing there is like, that's why you can do as much as you can do. And that's why, you know, we're able to get a lot, a lot of things done when you start listing off the things that, you know, just the both of us are doing. It's like, wow, how are you guys doing all this? It's like, well, I mean, we, there's a guy we listen to Gary Vee. He's like, well, you need to sleep eight hours. So what are you doing with the other 16 hours? It's true. It's like, show, show me. And then, all right, I'll give you a commute hour each way. I'll give you some dad time, you know, an hour. I'll give you some, uh, I'll give you two hours of that time. Uh, you gotta do this. You gotta, and then it's like, Oh, you have all this extra time. And as long as you're being uh, intentional with it, which you are being intentional with your time, that's where it really starts to add up. And you don't necessarily see these gains early on. It's, it's, 
it's hard because we're so instant gratification, but you keep working on them. Like you're, I, I'm going to give you an A plus because I think you're, you're you crushing on the personal development. Well, I also argue that, I mean, you make time for these things. I mean, look at you for our listeners out there. You're in Houston doing this podcast. I think most people who leave on a work trip, they're just like, ah, I'm, I'm on work. You know, when I get back, we'll, we'll, we'll pepper it into somewhere in my schedule. It's like, I'll do this at eight o'clock at night. I'll go get a martini, come up and just, just knock out a podcast and go to work in the morning and act like I just, yeah, it's routine. It's a Monday. That's what we do. Right. It's exactly, it's just kind of built into our schedule. We've talked about it earlier. It's like, there's been some days where both you and I are like, fuck, we got to do the podcast. All right, let's just do it. Just keep doing it. Like you never know when it's going to turn into something. So I like that. Um, you know, when I talk personal development, I'm not getting to the point where I listen to too many podcasts and I listen to too many books. I'm like, what the fuck? I need to like, or if I'm going to listen to something, it's got to be more than Bitcoin. It's just wearing me out. I don't get too much of this in my life. I'm exactly where I need to be in the Bitcoin world. I don't need, you know, it's fun to listen to some really cool information, but I'm like, I'm getting, I'm, I'm too generalized in this one area. So I got to start branching out. So that's probably, you know, when we talk about probably the end of it, like what are some things we really need to work on? I need to start branching out um, to the point where I even have a hobby section on my goal list. Like you got to make sure you make time for yourself and things that you'd like mm-hmm. to do. You know, yours is basketball. Mine's golf, right? And I've played a bunch of golf to start the year. So I'm really excited about that. So, Going forward now, what's another section yeah, you'd one, like to discuss? One more. I, I think before we get on to that, uh, I'm entering more like a leadership role, leadership stage of my life. You know, I'm obviously a father of two, wife, just had a big birthday, uh, just work in general. And uh, I read this quote the other day and it kind of hit me. It said, a meeting assumes everyone's time is equal. And it, it kind of hit me. I was like, yeah. I mean, when they're just like, when you're at work, people are like, hey, Josh, you got an hour. It's like, how insensitive is that to understand that? Like, does he actually have an hour? Of course, he accepted the meeting invite because it's probably non. It's probably non-voluntary, and he has to show. It's mandatory, right? You got to show up. But part of it's like, man, Josh is, could be better served zooming into this and then spending the next forty-six minutes actually working while he's tapped into this. And uh, it was just crazy. As a leader, you got to eventually learn how. Like, people are not all people are, the, are equal. We know that, and it's hard to say that because you should treat everyone equal outside. But I'm talking about in business and cutthroat and like certain levels and tiers and like. Think of like a social media manager 10 years ago. That was a $30,000 job. If you're a social media manager for a Fortune 500 company, that's got to be like, what, a $200,000 job. Like you are the you are the most visible aspect of any company and anything you say and do, if you're on brand or off brand, phew, you know, the Bitcoin cyber hornets will come out and they will murder you. So uh, anyways, I know that's not... Like what I'm saying is that everyone's time is equal. 10 years ago, social media managers, like, hey, man, just post once in a while. And now it's like all data. Everything's digital. Now that's your, your most highest paid employee. He's probably running the media department or she. Hey, very good point. I mean, I still actually know some brands that hired people right out of college to run mm-hmm. social media because they're like, I don't know how to do it. So I hired this kid. And it's, it's, it's laughable that they don't understand how valuable media is. And that's kind of why Bitcoin is, is dominating the way it is. It's because they really understand media, but that's for a further, different, different day. Furthermore, I met this girl the other day and she's like 24, 25. She runs the social media for like Jane.com. And the girl makes like 115 K You're like 115 K you're like 24 years old. And all you're doing handling is some social media for an internet website. Like it's just, it's just crazy. There's good money out there. That's a, it's a market that's not even there yet. Yeah, very true. Maybe that should be a goal of ours is to do that. <laughs> All right, yeah. um, moving on. So I have uh, a couple different, like, so I mean, I have 
I almost said, again, I'm trying to do too much here, but you know, I look at it and uh, so I have finances and real estate next on my blocks down. So I got like, you know, how I did it. And I, so you can see, I just kind of scribbled yeah. on there. And oh, it worked a web right. of so, things. So I got finances next. If I go left and right. And some of my finances go over like personal and I had a spending goal and I absolutely uh, destroyed that in the negative way. I just had yeah, to spend money, <laughs> but, you know. You know, but when Bitcoin's up, you know, like, I don't know, like 8x in the last 12 months, it makes it, no, it makes it hard. No. Um, one thing, though, that I, I do want to hit on, and we've had uh, a guest on this twice now, is option trading. And I've really honed in on that. So when I look at my finances, you know, I had three goals, you know, personal and options trading, Bitcoin, and then uh, startups to try to invest in four startups. Well, I'm already at one startup this year. Uh, I, I have a monthly BTC and I'm doing smash buys and then dip. There's a dip right now. I think I bought some this weekend when we were at a bar and I saw it drop to like 50. And then I have option trading and option trading. I'm doing really well. Uh, a lot of what uh, John Horner, who came on here, a lot of what with, with him and learning those strategies. So when I look at finances, I would give myself an A. I'm very happy with, you know, the option trading, the Bitcoin that I'm accumulating. And then also one startup in Q1. So looking at three more startups for the year. So that's where I give my, that's where I lead my personal finances or whatever you want to call it from there. I have to, uh, I have to amend you because I don't know anybody else that has a spending goal. Everyone, you know, penny saved is a penny earned and you're, you're, you have the inverse thought of like, all right, I can't spend this much. Like you have money to spend and there's opportunity and you can take chances. But uh, I like how you said it. it was like an inverse of what most people view it as. You must think with like the right brain. I don't know. What's the, what's the, the left brain? Is that the smarter people? feels like I, I, you worked backwards on that one is what it felt like. So I, I commend you. I, was a, I didn't think about it. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you just want to not spend all the money and try to keep it in a narrow range, but it's not working. But I do. These are all tax write-offs. So you know, my accountant's listening. Like we're, There's a reason for these <laughs> purchases. Listening. Uh, it's not financial advice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Red letter, yellow letter. Investing. So there's one one I didn't hit yet, and I I really want to. I don't know what's holding me up. I talk about it all the time. Uh, invest in real estate property. I I'm envious of how many units you have and where you are. And uh, obviously, it's a long climb. You're several years into it, uh, and you're you're continuing it. And you're probably feeling some heartburn, but you're also feeling like this growth is going to be there, and I'm going to have 50 units in the next five years. So I'm definitely not even close to where you're at in that world. I have not invested in real estate property. I've identified a handful, but I've done nothing more than just stare at them on a screen. I, I didn't even make a phone call. So I, I, like, I haven't even followed through other than just, it's like you're looking at a picture and you swiped it on Instagram. That's it. So I did join a startup four months ago. Loving it. It's a live stream startup. Essentially, we're just bringing uh, live streaming direct to consumer and having the ability to play ads and, and making it more more of a, a production that you would see in sporting events, only it's on your iPhone. Like That world is all coming to you. So I thought it'd be fun to join the startup. I'm loving it. It's a lot of sales, 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 sales. It's a grind, man. Like start a startup salesman is the hardest fucking job in the world. I tell you what, man, <laughs> you are going zero to one. You have an idea and you're just selling an idea while you're learning how to use the product. So it's a sink or swim. And it's, I don't think it's a money issue. It's more of like a, I always look at this type of startup. and I'm like, you, you probably have the money to fund it for as long as you need to. It's more of just like, a th like do i have it in me to continue to go it's more mental like at some point you just get burnt out and tired but I, i'm not burnt out at all i'm loving it I mean, every time you make a sale it's like 
the casino lights are going off. You just hit the make a malls in Vegas and you're like, all right, we could do this again. We've just got to re- re- repeat this thing once a month, twice a month, four times a month, and then just climb it. So it's, it's a process, but it's teaching me a lot about uh, sales. And I know we talked about it in previous episodes about there's like layers of sales from like your, your used car salesman to your, to your expert, to your master, to your grandmaster. Like I'm still living in the bottom tier, but it's fun to just practice it. So I joined a startup. Uh, I invested in a company with you. I feel like I'm a part of a SPAC. I understand it, but I feel like I gave you money to just join another club that's ultimately going to get us into the final club. So I feel like I'm like a like I own a half a percent of some SPAC that's going to IPO in ten years in the, in the healthcare <laughs> industry. It's fun. I mean, I don't. I just, yeah, I just signed up for I signed I signed up for a two year convention. That's basically yeah. how I'm doing it with you. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna lose like six grand. I'm gonna lose like forty. So we'll, we'll call uh, <laughs> call it even at the end of the day. You know, it's gonna be in two years. We're gonna look at it and be like, well, if I put that all into Bitcoin, this is how much I would have. But instead, I invested yeah, into actually, this. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 Twitter taught me that. Um, one thing that I did, not really investment related, that I thought you helped me with this is I came to you in like January, and I was like, man, Twitter is just like it is just an echo chamber of negativity. And you're just like, no, 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 no. You're following the wrong people. Follow the right people and it'll be your favorite platform. And it, that changed everything. I cannot tell people, like, I just dropped all, like, anything political, anything religious, anything that just had had sensitivities around it. I just, out the door, and it was, like, investing, VCs, Bitcoin, uh, NFTs, just stuff that interests me, making money, business, finance, all of it together, stocks. Then you get some of your celebrity personalities, like the day partner of the world, just to get some comedy in there. And uh, it has changed everything. Like I look on Twitter, and I, I, I'm excited to go to Twitter, not like thinking, all right, what am I going to be in moan about? Now I'm like, what am I going to learn? And I just like read tweets from people that are way smarter. It's just, it's the greatest platform when used appropriately. Just like 1% of us use it appropriately. Everyone else is just there to vent and DM, slide in. I don't even know what they do, but thank you. You have to have a high filter, and I, I you know, people yeah. talk about social media, this and that. And I'm like, you know, you choose who you follow, right? Mm-hmm. I just want you guys to know that <laughs> you choose who you get to see. So, if you want to see that stuff, by all means, go into it, get as deep as you can in it. But like, you get to choose. So, if people like, and I don't want to say it's like group think where I only go to people who talk about what I want to. But if you're just going to be negative and you're going to be bitching about the world and you're not going to do anything, get get out of my feet. I don't have time for you. It's a positive rabbit hole, though. Like, you go to look at Kathy, Kathy Wood and Ark Invest, next thing you're going down all these other traders, and you're like, I didn't even know this whole sector of people, and they have 60,000, 70,000 followers. It's like a huge, like, middle-of-the-road pack of people that are intelligent. So that's, I'd recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. High filter. So looking at uh, real estate for me, that's on my goals. I'm still uh, – I have not gotten into – flipping like i said i well like i put on my list to learn the the ogden market of outside of salt lake and figure that market out um i've done a little bit and i've just seen like the market's way overheated right now it's like this isn't going to make any sense this is going to be speculation for us so i've kind of i've definitely given some thought to it and i've done a little bit of research but i haven't given it my full go just given the market dynamics so but this is what I want to make sure we convey is like things change in life. Like just because this was day one in January, like I got some things in here like, Oh yeah, we got to go back and revisit that one. That one is like, nah, I don't know why I put that on there. Get, get out of here. We don't, we don't have time. For you. 
Yeah. I also would like to comment on that. Like no one that like I agree with you completely, but no one knows what's next. Like that's the whole like speculation. Like think of the pandemic. Uh, who was it? Bill Backman. Who's the guy that hedged the pandemic? You know Ackerman. what I'm talking about? Ackerman. Ackerman. Ackerman, yeah. I just think of like the whole world was wrong but him. And then you're like, just one guy got it right. And he didn't know. He got lucky. And now he's trying to do it again, but he's been in that circle for like eight months. So it's like now he's burning through cash because he thinks he can repeat success. And uh, the point is no one knows what's next. And it's weird. It's random. It's like next thing, you, like you're 12, 12 units in trying to go to 15. And next thing you know, you have a couple of evictions and you're trying to figure some guy out. And then it just like life hits you. And like, I can't expand quicker because this is happening. And you couldn't even foresee it because it's just life. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah, there's things that just come up. Like, uh, you're not expecting a lot of things. I'm going to call them, like, you know, they're called black swans in the market in the real world. But we have black swans in our life all the time. You know, you're going to make fun of me because I know you're not a superstitious person. I'm only as superstitious about one thing because it happened bad to me one time. There's a black cat crossed, the, crossed my path and I didn't care. And then shit got wrecked for a little while. It was the best reckoning of my life. But the other day, like, a black cat and I was in the car and I, I turned the whole thing around. I was like, nope, we're not going towards it. I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah, I, I think that, but to translate that into Bitcoin terms, I think you do a good job of that. It's like your whole point is like saving money is a hedge against like life's unexpected events. And you're doing that into Bitcoin. So to be financially set, you're buying Bitcoin because of this crappy thing like this. So you're, oh, I had no idea this was going to happen. This could charge, I, I could rear in someone tomorrow and have to pay for a new, new car. Yeah, exactly. Those are things that can happen all the time. And then unfortunately, you know, tragedies do happen. You hate for them to happen. We just hope that none of us are privileged to those. So little, little darkness there. Let's get out of that. So, like, what are some things, um, what, what are some other things you still want to cover out of your goals that you, you set and you haven't achieved or you're really, you're doing a really good job because I'm kind of the point now in the conversation, I've kind of touched everything I want to touch. I want to move into like Q2 and Q3, but I want to give you a chance to end Q1 here. Yeah. Another goal of mine, and this is uh, something that's really really grown into a family endeavor is uh, I started this like book business back in October, late October, early November is really when I started it. Uh, essentially what I do is I buy used books. Uh, we have a podcast about it, but I buy used books on like thrift stores and then I come home I package them up and then I send them to Amazon fulfillment warehouses and what they do is if you're on Amazon Prime you can buy a book but those books aren't coming from Amazon they're coming from sellers like myself and there's a whole bunch of me in the world 20 30 40,000 that's probably probably less than the actual number uh and when I started doing this and I was just doing it to just try to see if I can grow something and I didn't know where I was going to go with it so what I did is I created goals where I was like, hey, man, by the end of 2020, I want to have or I want to get 2000 books. That's my first goal. And then by the end of 2021, I wanted to have 5000 books in my inventory that you people go online and they buy a book on Amazon. It's one of my 5000 books because it's uh, higher up in the ranking based off other books. They pay for it and I make about 40 percent sales uh, today. I'm on about 2500 books. It's April. So I'm on path to hit that 5000. So I'm pretty happy about that. I was really excited to figure out how I can get the 5K in sales, 10K in sales, 20K in sales. I think today I'm about 11,000 11, in sales uh, to date. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, what else did I have? I wanted to start making bi-monthly checks of about $500. I'm actually today making about six to $700 every two weeks now and just selling books. Uh, and the whole, whole point of this exercise was I want to see if I could do it. I also want a cash flow. Now it's going to a point where I'm looking at my wife. I, I brought my wife on board for tax purposes, clearly. 
Um, and you know, she's, she's, she's the worker on financing it. That's how it works guys. That's how it works. <laughs> uh, you know, she can write her miles down if she wants, but, uh, <laughs> we do that. And then the point is like in three years when my, my son graduates from high school, if I'm at $10,000 a month where I can forecast this being like, he could take half. I'm like, Hey man, you, you want to come out the gate and run this business for me? I'll take half 5k. You make 5k and every month you're, you're just working for me or you're working for us. And, uh, at some point when it's high enough, you can take it yourself and that'll be your business moving forward, pending, you know, the metrics. So it, it kind of turned from like an individual thing to now you see it growing. Now your family's involved and in four or five years, if you if you continue with it, right, that's the hard part. Uh, it, it could be a business that my, someone could take over and I can just continue to make cash flow on top and invest in other things. So it, it's going well. I would say it's a B right now. Uh, it's hard. The ebbs and flows of things come up, right? Like, my wife had a birthday this weekend. So the last, you know, how birthdays are, it's a whole week. So all of last week, you didn't do much in terms of this business. So, you know, it's just stuff. You're gone. You're in Houston for a couple of days. Things that you need to be at home to do, you can't do. So uh, that was a goal of mine. Anybody who's interested, I have another podcast that I've started. I've only got one episode in. I, I got lazy. I, I need to record another one, but it's going to document my journey if you're interested. It's the, the book shark is the name of it. Yeah, you're too little show in there. Yeah, I love shameless, it. you know. They have to, but what you said is life does get in the way and things happen. The idea is not to run. This is much more of a walk. This is more of a oh, long yeah. life is a very long, and I'm talking for me, for you, for anybody listening, life's a very long walk. You just have to have an idea where you're going. Cause if you sit out and just start wandering around, who knows where you're going to end up. You're going to end up in Liberty park stabbed by some homeless guy. You just don't know if you don't have like a mission. So you want to know what you're going to achieve on that walk and, and don't look at life as anything more than a sprint. You're going to have ups and downs. Like it's going to be tough. You're going to sprain your ankle. You're not going to be able to walk very far. Um, but like, I, I, you just have to have a general direction. And I can tell you my goals from three years ago are vastly different you know, today and they'll be vastly different in five more years. But you know, that's why I, I try to start with 40 year goals this time, which I used to do and just try to build toward that and always kind of keep that in mind. Like, all right, yeah. So when I look at my 40 year old goals, yeah, it's only three months, but check, check, check. All right. We're doing well. <laughs> so, um, so that's where I think that's really important for people to understand when you're setting goals. This is not a, an old school, like 90% is an A it's more like 60% is an A and 30% is a C and 20% is a, a D and you know 10% zero none of them is an F actually not having goals is an F um yeah moving, so, moving. go ahead nah I was just gonna banter for a little bit and you know I want to kind of scale back in a second and one of your things was finding time with your wife and uh you, you date night right so give our local listeners where'd you go on the last date night Let, let's hear what you did and what, what's your grade on the date uh we did white horse um, downtown Salt Lake. Local bar. We went there. Yeah, you know, a little, it's like a nice eatery or what do they call it? A bar and kitchen. Mm-hmm. Nice little, and, and, and we just talked and I kind of brought her up to speed on taxes that we were in the business that we could write it off. Um, but then ultimately it's just us like hanging out and talking through what's going on in life. What's, you know, what's going on in her life and her work and what's important and you know how all that stuff's going. But the conversation just kind of takes off with itself. So a fun date night is just when we're sitting there and we're talking, there's a lot of laughing, but it truly is a date. And what we mean by like, a, cause the date is like, people think like uh, it's, it's one-on-one time. It's one-on-one engagement. It's real conversation. And 
we are ta- we are engaging with each other. It's not just like me sitting there staring at our phone. Like we don't do any phones, and like I'm not just like sitting there eating my meal and like, all right, let's go. Like we see sometimes you see the old married couple in the corner. They're not Applebee's. Yeah. Like, like we're getting it. We're having fun. We're we're looking at people and be like, oh, that's a first date. Oh, those are couples. Oh, they're pissed off at each other. We do stuff like that. It's not, it's very cliche, but it, it's very healthy for our relationship. I hate to be that married couple that the only common ground you have is that you got the two for 20, you know, other than that, you know, it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're secure enough too to have a wife that, uh, she'll be louder than you. I'm the same way. My wife will be louder than me at a dinner table. And that's when you're like, all right, let her, she can have this, whatever you want to say. It's not, it's not about the delivery. It's about the message. So. <laughs> More so a lot of what we talk about is like, all right, we're just going to keep grinding for the next five years and then we'll be able to buy whatever house we want. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's the kind of goal. It's like, we're so close. We're so close to just breaking through here. And if we can just keep grinding for a little bit longer, like, I don't know, 35 and retired, that could be us. You know, that's what yeah. we keep thinking. That's what we keep telling ourselves. It's just kind of that self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. You know, I keep it's crazy. Just gra- yeah, it's crazy that that's the solution. Everyone knows it's the solution. Now it's just a matter of actually doing it. And that's, that's where everyone falls off, right? But when you have those, like, conversations, like, there's just naturally, like, you know, you're telling your partner and your number one teammate, like, the only teammate you really have is like, well, I, w- I want to do this and so we're close to it. And then you have a little bit more accountability. And I was like, Shit, you know, I told her I got to I gotta figure this out. We got to make this happen. And like, all right, I'm going to keep twerking and twerking, tweaking this and working on that. And I don't know, it's just going to happen. I keep telling her gradually and suddenly nothing happens for a long time. And all of a sudden, bang, something happens. Yeah, it's dramatic. Yeah, exactly. The question is, are you prepared for it? Yeah, I'd say, hey, well, that's all. It, all the game is is trying to get prepared for those opportunities. So, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about the recent Dogecoin climb? I don't even think we've talked about it. Forty two, forty cents. Is that where it's at? I mean, is that silly? Is that profound? Yeah. It's the new Federal Reserve currency. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a supply cap. I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> that's a problem. It's gonna change. It doesn't have a supply cap. It's How many? Change. There's infinity. There's just infinity of them. There's just as many as we want. That's. I mean, Thanos can't have all of them. There's just too many. <laughs> they're they're mine. Let's just see. Let's do some tweeting. Dogecoin. Uh, I, I have a lot of friends in the Dogecoin world, and they asked me about it. And I was like, listen, man, I, I'm all for drinking a Red Bull, eating some popcorn, and cheering on middle class because they're eventually going to become upper middle class due to this. But I I can't invest in this. I just I just it's irony at its finest. It's the purest form of just internet marketing dollars that are uh, very frothy. I, I, yeah, I, it's going to happen to a handful more too. That's the funny part is like, I look at Doge and I'm like, this is the first of the next like safe moon. And then you just see all these ridiculous sticker symbols that all have Doge like qualities. It is going to be the Wall Street bet community that comes in and just starts to raise a handful of those. And if you can find out what those AMCs and GameStops are in the crypto world, I think uh, some millionaires are going to be made very soon. Yeah, it's similar to the ICO craze that we saw, and even the NFT boom that we saw. I mean, those are way overpriced. I think there's a space for them, but they're not a space for the crypto world. And most people, when you, you hear me, I even cringe at the word crypto. I mean, there's Bitcoin and there's crypto, and everything else is different. And um, most, like this is like Dogecoin is something fun, and a lot of people, even though I talk to some people, and they're like, "Well, I'm not selling. I don't have any reason to sell." I'm like, "Okay, well, good for you," but like maybe the like some ridiculous amount of 90% of like, or 90% of the coins are held by like 1% of the Dogecoin network um, where like Bitcoin, you know, it's still pretty concentrated, but like 60, 
you know, like 60 some percent is held by like 20% of the network. So it's a little different um, in that regards, but hey, it's something fun. As you said, irony, you know, I think that was Elon Musk, like flavor tweet. He's like, it would be ironic if Dogecoin becomes the, you know, Dogecoin could become a transactional currency that works in the world and where Bitcoin is still the base layer of money. Like that's a very mm -hmm. real thing that very could, it very well could happen. That's, I think Dogecoin though, it, the, what I've, what I'm learning or what I'm, how I'm viewing it my, at today, you know, it could change. It's like Dogecoin, a lot like those other cryptocurrencies, like the way you have to walk into those is, it has to be the exact opposite of how you feel about it should be. And that's, that's like the thing I, I view in crypto is it's like, I, I, I bought a couple hundred bucks of this thing called Decentraland the other day. I was just, you know, you go down the rabbit hole and everyone has this great sales pitch and yada, yada, yada. And I was looking at this, the central and the whole, it's an Ethereum token that, that powers Decentraland virtual reality platform. And the whole idea behind it is that you could pay for virtual plots of land in this. It's like, it's like real life AR. Like I can go buy Josh's hat, Josh's house in the virtual world. He clearly owns it in the physical world, but I can own it in the virtual world. And to me, that's just like a silly, ridiculous, makes no sense. That's why I'm throwing a hundred dollars at it because I just feel like in the crypto space, if it makes no sense, that's, that's what's winning. And the things that do make sense, Bitcoin, it's already the fastest horse. I think we I mean, it's on balance sheets. Tesla has it. Like it's clearly one. Now it's what's the price point, everything else. You're like, what the, f a meme coin? Like, what <laughs> so that's how i've started to approach it it's like it's just still 100 bucks 200 300 400 bucks at all these ridiculous coins and i mean it's almost like take a thousand dollars and throw a hundred at ten of them and you might if you hit one of them you could become you can have five hundred thousand dollars tomorrow that's that's how i'm doing it i don't know how you think ultimately you gotta like, have some fun with it you gotta like i'm here yeah. for dogecoin like, I, let, let's just wait oh, for this thing this oh is fine gosh. let's not i don't want anybody to get wrecked like Everybody go have fun because like Ethereum, I'm like you guys are gonna get wrecked. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> smoke. Dogecoin, I, I I don't I don't know enough about you. Uh, I hope you have some fun. I hope everybody like I, I hope it does become some exchange level of currency out there in the world. But I I, I have a feeling based on what I know about why networks are valuable. Uh, I don't think Dogecoin is going to be a network. I think it is purely for people to buy and sell. Uh, most people will say that about Bitcoin, but we know that that is not. The, the, the truth but i think dogecoin is fun um i am rooting for it tomorrow is 420 and it's supposed to be doge right. day so it could be a real big day for dogecoin so we there's just a, buy some now just for fun there's a lot of propaganda on twitter right now with it like tomorrow's a big pump and dump not financial advice but get in and get out and you're just like this is this is so unstable you got <laughs> this is this is coinbase 96 percent fees that's how you're making your money unstable that's right. how it feels like to me yeah, I'm gonna be just a square here, and I'm just gonna keep buying Bitcoin. I'm just an old, I'm just an old Bitcoin maximalist. You're the know, you're the Warren Buffett of the Bitcoin space. You know, you just get enough of it, and then I'm gonna be rich when I'm sixty. Uh, that's kind of like it's kind of the plan. I just got a text from a buddy of mine that said, "You heard it here first, though." Fuck being rich when I'm sixty. I'm trying to make it now. Yeah, like, married, married in my twenties, man. Where the fun I'm at? I come. I'm looking at. I just got a text from a buddy while we were doing this. He's like, too volatile. <laughs> Bitcoin's too volatile. I'm like, get out of here. Too they're volatile. All I'm just going to send him the one. I'm going to send him the one year. I'm going to send him like the volatility of the stock market. Just be like, listen, bro, that's too volatile. I'm just going to do the one year. That's all I'm going to do. Just send him the one year chart. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you should ask him how many zombie companies are in the S&P 500 right now and see what his real number is. It's a lot. I bet you it's like yeah. 75. <laughs> it's a good I'm number. Just gonna be like, 
too volatile. It was fun. It was, you're right. It was kind of, it was, it was sweating a little bit getting this rich, you know, it was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> we, took, we took the stimulus money in the fiat world and we just dumped it all into Dogecoin and Cardano and Filecoin. We got fun. We had fun with it. <laughs> yeah. No kidding, man. Jeez, that's, I mean, that's is, I'm looking at, you know, no, that, no, no, like that's that. what it feels like. So the first stimulus we had way back when, when Trump was president, it feels like forever ago, right? Like that market just went to all time highs and was hitting just, just, just stupid numbers. Right. And then we had another stimulus like back to back and nothing really happened to the market. You had some blips like, but it, it was nowhere near what the first round looked like. And it makes you think like that money didn't go into that market. It went into the crypto market. And that's why Coinbase had the ability to IPO at like a hundred billion. It wouldn't have done that. I mean, their quarter one, earnings were more than all of the year before. You know what that tells me? It tells me all the free money that was given out went into that world. So uh, if that's not just a breadcrumb of guys, that a lot of money is going into the crypto space right now. And Coinbase isn't the only one to do it. Wait till like Gemini. And there was one you mentioned last time that I wasn't as familiar with that you're a fan of. Do you remember it? Me? Yeah. Um, uh, River. River.com. River. So, I mean, there's just... This world's blowing up and it's definitely here. Like I look at the apps, I, I've gotten the Binance today. These things are robust. These things are exchanges. They look just like a, they just look like they look like E-Trade accounts. Like it's it's a real thing. They've built businesses around it. So that's my two cents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think a lot of these are gonna go to zero. Yeah, me. I agree. I mean all of them, most of them. Probably like ninety nine percent of them, but you can get rich along the way potentially. You ain't lying. If you know how to get in and get out, you are you are correct. And that's my problem. I don't know how to get any, we, we might have to bring Alec back on because he's very good at that stuff. He is very good. Yeah. I'm going to lie to myself and say I don't have time to study it. <laughs> that's kind of, well, see, I've just chosen option trading, which I don't know if it's good or bad. Maybe I should be, maybe I should be doing like altcoin trading. I don't know. No, you, listen, you have a vehicle, wait, wait five years and exchange it for something else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What else is going on? What else do we want to do? We'll cover before we close out of here. Uh, we got, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much. I mean, out of the crypto space, I live more in the crypto space today than the, the markets, the public markets. Where are you at? You still, you still taking rents on your, your calls? You selling calls? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm living. Actually, I'm now on Tastyworks. I'm now doing, I'm doing uh, put spreads and call spreads and uh, uh, iron, iron condors. condors. Yeah doing jade lizards they're super easy actually once you learn them it's like they're just like trying to say these names and intimidate you we'll probably have horner back on for section three we need to have horner back on there's a he he gets a he has a big following i don't know who follows him at home but when he gets on audio he he's electric yeah, it seems like our largest shows are that and then we probably need to bring alec back on and talk a little uh trading and trading strategies because uh, he was trying to talk he was trying to get me into staking I was like, nah, or yield farming. I was like, nah, I'll pass. I'll pass oh, right now. Is that the same thing, staking yield farming? Is it just a synonym? I don't know. No, like apparently staking, you get you, you you buy one coin and you get another coin. I, yeah, I don't know how it works. So we'll have to bring them on and talk to them. Maybe it's something you're interested in. Maybe, maybe I will be interested if I have an actual developed conversation around it. That's like, so when you go to Gemini, right? Uh, I, I have a dollar cost average in Gemini. And every time I put money in there, I have a trading balance and then I have like an earning balance and that earning balance, I assume is staking, right? That's what I would assume it is. I'm, I'm still not as familiar in that world. Uh, and your earning balance is like you're tapping in the network and I'm getting 30 day interest money on my Bitcoin, on my Filecoin, on my Mana, like all these things. So uh, I'm just generating additional revenue by what I believe is being staked into their network. Uh, is that 
how you would read that? I mean, you have a Gemini account, right? Um, I didn't quite, I don't, yeah, I do. I don't read it exactly like that. I believe they're paying you interest um, in USD on the, uh, or no interest in the amount of that specific coin that you have. So that wouldn't necessarily be staking. Staking is where you're putting up money in a specific coin and they're giving you yield in another coin. I think that, uh, and, and I might be semantics, but so yeah, I'm not yeah. entirely sure. So could be semantics. So. Isn't that what, isn't that what is you're giving, you're, you know, you're putting money into Bitcoin and they're paying it back to you in the U S dollar and another coin. <laughs> I know what you're saying. They're, they're paying, good, good point. But actually the block five, they're paying you specifically in, uh, in Bitcoin in your return in Bitcoin, which is nice. Nice. Yeah. So like, why would so, they pay so, me interest for just for holding it in their account? Is that why? Or do they have privileges yeah, to it? If you, if you would like, you want to get into the economics of this now, we can do that. Uh, I just, I Actually, mean, I was just interested. Yeah. I mean, you're down, you're further so down the quick, path than I am in this. Yeah. So you go on BlockFi, you get 6% on your Bitcoin. People yes. will borrow that Bitcoin from uh, BlockFi and they will do mainly one thing. There's a contango right now. The futures market is higher than the spot market. That's called contango. I don't know why they came up with that term. Finance okay. like, can be as complicated as possible. So what they'll do is they'll they'll borrow the um, they'll borrow the physical coin and they'll short it. And they'll sell it and they'll buy the future. And the future price is higher than today's price. So you can, it's called a cash and carry trade. So you're going to sell this one for the cash and you're going to buy this. So as they move up, you're gaining a spread of like, you know, $3,000 on a $5,000, $50,000 asset right now. So that's kind of what they're doing. It's a, it's a really financially engineering engineered way. And then people also like market makers. So like if you go on to all these different markets, they're all different in prices. Yeah. So one person will buy it here and then sell it on that market. So they'll borrow it and they'll go and sell it to these most expensive markets like Turkey and Nigeria was really expensive. And like all these, uh, you know, premium spot markets get bid to high heaven and you borrow the coin from BlockFi, pay them back interest and then go sell it into other of these spot exchanges. So that's kind of the, that's kind of what's going on with that's them. A that's a good a sense. Bitcoin lending. So let's expand on that. So when people look at, you know, every once in a while I see a tweet and it's like a Bitcoin's going for $76,000 in Japan right now or in China and it's, or 96 in like Turkey. Why would that be? Why would, why would that be a premium there? But here you're sitting, why is it different? Would, would be my, my question to you. I think I know the answer, but for our listeners. In terms of being different, I mean, it's just access to the specific uh, exchanges and which exchanges have the liquidity. And yeah. if those exchanges don't have the true liquidity, the price does get bid up. So if you're in Japan or you're in Korea, you uh, you don't get the access to the Coinbase's of the world. You got to do their specific exchanges and they might have less volume. So therefore, the price gets bid up on that volume. And you'll also have some like local exchanges. Um, who just, again, don't have the volume. So like you'll have these big market making firms come in, buy the Bitcoin at 55,000, they'll pay an 8% interest in, in cash, not necessarily Bitcoin, or I guess in terms of Bitcoin, they'll have to pay that back. But then they're selling into that $76,000 market. So they're making the money. So that's what the, and that's why those spreads over time, they get, they get zipped yeah. tighter and tighter. And that's when you know when Bitcoin is, truly where where it needs to be is there will not be these premiums in the spot market 
So how, how does like Turkey ban- banning it and China and all that, how does that reflect on Bitcoin altogether? It just makes it more sought after in those countries or like, is there a big li- liquidation process that happens in countries like that? Cause they're, they're afraid of the, the local government's regulations. Like do you have any insight on that? It's definitely not, it, do, it doesn't cause a liquidation because the price always goes up when that happens because people are like, well, I need to get mine now. You know, because then they can't take it from them. And then if they need it, they can just escape the country. You know, well, back a, in the night. There's a, there's a faction of people that are still afraid of the government that they would do that, right? And just liquidate it and be like, I just, oh. just want to be, you know, the company man, whatever. Right. But the, the market says that there is people, but they're far fewer than the people who decide that we need to buy it. Um, we just never really, I mean, the Venezuela, Venezuela seen it, Zimbabwe seen it, there's a couple, you know, a couple companies, Lebanese saw it with their currency, but what, what happens is we've never really seen it, but in the 1920s, when the Weimar Republic went to this hyperinflation event, um, you couldn't, you didn't have any wealth to take anyway, so you just had to abandon your country and go restart over with no money. At least with Bitcoin, you can put it on a flash drive, stick it up your butt and walk out of the country. Nobody... You know, I've traveled with my Bitcoin wallet, which has a lot more money than you can carry through security on a normal day. And I can take that with me and plug it into wherever I need to and be, be good to go. It's crazy to think something that small is so much collateral with you. that You can really do anything you want based off of the collateral you have in a flash drive around your neck or wherever you keep it. Don't tell our listeners. You can't get to it anyway. I got it. I got multi I'm down the rabbit hole of the technology. I like how we took this from like a goals podcast, and now we're just back into Bitcoin, our favorite topic. Yeah, I just it's it's fun. You know, I came and uh, just pontificating about where I'm going to be in five years because Bitcoin got me there, or it was the engine that that led the charge. Yeah, I I, re- I respect that. I like that a lot. Um, you want to close us up, or you got another another thought? Well, I was going to say now it kind of gives us some some workings for a uh, another podcast down the stretch it's like we need to talk about more hardware wallets and what that means for the world and what that means for for us so picks and axes right these are the companies that get rich these are the companies that get rich no. and this is hardware. what we're told bitcoin is different because you know bitcoin like coinbase would have made more money if they just held on to bitcoin instead of them being a trader firm says so what bitcoin's different but nonetheless Ultimately, I had a lot of fun. Good podcast. Um, Grant, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Nothing. I thought it was a wonderful podcast. We, you know, we do this weekly. So if I have anything, let me give me a week to think about it. And uh, yeah, I want to join a SPAC. That's what I thought about. I want to be a part of SPAC. (laughs) (laughs) SPAC attack. All right. Young Chamath over here. What we're trying to do is we're trying to help prepare you uh, for an opportunity to help you get a little lucky. Because luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Get ready.